four. We're just going to be in two areas of scripture this morning. I want to give you a word that I believe is really good for this morning, really important and on time. And in, if you're looking at the background, it's uh, stay the course this morning. Amen. We're going to talk about to, to stay the course. How many know that we're on a course this morning and we have a place that we want to go and we have a vision and there's a place we're trying to get that's called heaven and eternal life. Now, this is a phrase that's really powerful that uh, has been used for years and actually generations, goes back to many generals, some presidents have used it, and it's the, st it's the statement, stay the course. And actually, it's in Wikipedia, says that this phrase means this, during war or battle, meaning to pursue a goal regardless of any obstacles or any criticism. How many know this morning that we're in a battle? How many know we're in a war? You know, wars happen and come and go, and sometimes countries are at war with other countries. Sometimes there's times of peace. But it, you must realize, and I must realize this morning, as believers, we are always at war. We are always in a battle. Amen? And that battle is against flesh and blood. That battle is against uh, uh, principalities and powers. That battle is against your carnality. That battle is against Satan and his demons. And there is a battle that we are constantly in, and we have to understand that we must stay the course. So once again, this is a phrase used during war or battle, meaning to pursue a goal, listen, regardless of the obstacles or criticism. How many have decided this morning to follow Jesus regardless of the obstacles or the criticism? Amen. Regardless of the virus, regardless of job situations, regardless of family situations, regardless of what the world says. How many can say, I have decided this morning to follow Jesus? Like that song says, though none go with me, still I will follow. Amen. How many have that decision this morning? Personally, that nobody else, if nobody else goes, I'm going. That's the kind of people that God is looking for that will say, if nobody else goes, I'm going, regardless of obstacles or criticism. Father, anoint your word this morning. Father, bless this. Speak to us this morning. God, I pray for that you touch all those that are here, all those that are watching online, anybody that's out of town, anybody that's sick, anybody that's uh, in a different place. Father, we just ask you to speak to us this morning. Let this be a word that will challenge us for this week and grow us. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's read 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now this is Paul, and in a minute I'll be mentioning his conversion, but he's preaching to or speaking to Timothy. There's some really powerful words. And he starts off by saying, I charge you. Now he's not charging an amount or a, a bill. He's, he's speaking to him in a boldness, and he says, listen, this is important. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, and this ought to sober all of us right here, who says he will judge the living and the dead. Amen? He's going to judge us. We're, we're, one of the things that we are heading towards is judgment. Amen? That's, that's just a fact. We are all going to be judged, and it says, at his appearing and his kingdom. He says, preach the word. Tell the person next to you, preach. Amen? How many, how many preachers do I have in here this morning? I didn't say pastors or evangelists, preachers. We're all preachers, amen? We are all ministers of the gospel. We are all evangelists. So he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. That means be ready at all times. 
That means that we don't just serve God on Sundays. Can somebody say amen? We don't just love Jesus on Sundays or Wednesdays. We love Jesus all the time. We serve God all the time. We don't take off our hat, of G- our Jesus hat. We're, we're believers all the time. He says, be ready. Preach at any moment. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. How many know suffering should be enough, but it has to be long-suffering? How many wish it would say short-suffering? Amen. It says long-suffering. And for all the, for the time will come. Now watch this. This is the place we're at today. More than ever before, the time will come, verse 3, when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. You know what heap up for themselves teachers means? It means that that people want to have a form of godliness. They want to say they're believers. They want to go to heaven. But they're going to find a teacher who's going to tell them that what the way they live is okay. And, and this is a fact, church. Trust me. If, you, there, if anything you want to do, any kind of lifestyle you want to live, any kind of drug you want to do, any kind of alcohol you want to drink, anything, any kind of lifestyle you want to have, you can find a teacher who will preach in the, in the favor of what you want to do. You will find a place, if you look, where they will tell you what you do is okay. But that's what he's talking about. People who are, have itching ears and they're saying, hey, let me go find a place where this, this, this decision I've made, this lifestyle I live in, contrary to the word of God, they're going to tell me it's okay. And they exist. And they have existed for thousands of years. Because that's what the Bible's telling us. And he says, they will have itching ears and heap up for themselves, teachers. Verse 4, and they will turn their ears away from the what? From the truth. And be turned aside to fables. But he says, but you, look at the person next to you and say, but you, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. How many have got a ministry to fulfill? All of us. And, and the, I'm telling you, I, I don't tell you that just to say, hey, join me. I tell you that because one day I want you to hear the words of the Lord. Enter in, good and faithful servant. You're going to be held accountable for what God has told you to do. You're going to be held accountable for the people God has told you to reach. So we have to understand, we all have a ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Listen, you're not going to stand in my place and answer to God for what God told me to do. And I'm not going to stand in your place and answer to God for what God told you to do. You're going to answer to God for what God told you to do. And I'm going to answer to God for what God told me to do. Every one of us has a different ministry. Every one of us has different things we're supposed to do. We have to take it personal this morning. Now watch this. He says, Paul says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. How many know that the time of our departure is at hand? We don't know what tomorrow brings. We're not promised anything. Amen? We're not promised tomorrow. We just know who holds tomorrow. Now watch these last couple of verses. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. It didn't say he, that he had ran the race. He said, I have finished the race. I have kept 
the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. Is there anybody in here this morning that is looking and watching with excitement for the day of the Lord's appearing? Amen? Does anybody in here want that crown? That when Jesus comes back, he's not going to catch us by surprise. We're going to be ready and watching. We're going to be saying, Jesus, I knew you were coming today. I, w- I woke up with you on my mind. I woke up thinking about you. I woke up because I'm on course this morning. I'm not out in left field or out in right field. I'm not looking for someone to itch my ears. I'm looking for someone to tell me what I need to hear so I can be in the right place. So when you come back for me, I'm ready. Amen. How many want to be ready when Jesus comes back? Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're shouting or maybe I can't hear you through your mask. I definitely can't see if you're smiling or frowning, but I believe you're smiling. So Paul gives us this example, and he tells us there's a goal. The goal is eternal life. Why eternal life? Because we're all going to live eternally. How many have come to that realization? Everybody's going to live forever. But he says, I want you to have eternal life. And he says, I want to give you a crown of righteousness. And here's the interesting thing. When you look at those last two verses, and this is kind of how you would understand what itching ears means. We read those last two verses again, and a lot of people do this. They focus on on the good. And there's nothing wrong with looking at good stuff. But they would read 7 and 8, and they would read, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and there's a crown of righteousness for me. But a lot of people don't want to talk about the long-suffering. And the, and the enduring suffering, and the rebuke, and the convincing, and the exhorting, and all these other things that we have to go through to reach the prize. How many know that's the stuff we have to focus on? That's the stuff Jesus has asked us to, to sacrifice and to do. Amen. And so Paul uh, understood that this course, staying the course, is not easy. How many have realized that? It's not easy. But when we begin to look at the course that Paul and the apostles and the people in the Bible had to go through, we do have it easy. We really do. Amen? We need to start realizing that. Later on today or sometime this week, I want you to write down Acts chapter 9. And I want you to read verses 1 through 25. I don't have time to read it this morning. It'll take too long. But it's the conversion of Saul to Paul. And if you have never read his story and read his conversion, you've got to read it. It's so powerful. Because he was a man who was killing Christians, chasing Christians, arresting Christians, locking Christians up, doing crazy things. And all of a sudden, he had a conversion experience. The Bible says he was on his road, on the road to Damascus. He was on a horse. And all of a sudden, the sky opened up. And he had this revelation of Jesus Christ. And he fell off his horse. And the Bible goes on to say he lost his sight. He went to a house and didn't eat or drink for three days, couldn't see for three days. But when he came out of that, he had a revelation that the Jesus that he was, the people he was persecuting that loved Jesus was the Jesus who died for him. How many remember that day when you had that revelation that Jesus died for you? Amen? And and that's when you got on course. That's when your course started. The church, we need 
Listen to this. We need less decisions and more conversions. Okay? What does that mean? Some I have decided. Well, that's easy to say. I can sing it. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I can sing it. I can say it. But how many know it's a different thing to live it? God is looking for some believers who live it this morning. Amen? We need more conversions today in the church and less decisions. You know what, the, what happens is too many, pro, too many people proclaim that they're believers. Say, I'm a believer. That wasn't hard, was it? It's easy to say. But how many know when you start to face some struggles and some trials and your faith is tested, that's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you realize, am I going to stay on course or am I going to follow everybody else? Am I going to allow the things like a virus or job situation or marital problem or, or sickness or something to pull me off of course? That's what the devil wants to do today. He wants to delay you. You know, he might realize I can't stop you from getting to heaven, but I'm going to delay you. I'm going to get you off course, and I'm going to make you miss out on some of the people that you're supposed to reach for Jesus. He'll do anything he can to shipwreck you. He'll do anything to, he can to delay you. Amen? Some people, church, would deny Jesus in a second if their life depended on it. Amen? How many believe that's true? I hope it's none of us. I hope I was saying this in the first service. There's a, there's a word that's been in my spirit all year it, that is resolve. We have to have a resolve in our spirits. We have to be decisive. We have to understand that we're on a course, and nothing's going to pull me off that course. And, and if, if I had to deny Jesus or confess him, I would never deny him. Amen. I would if someone put a gun to my head and said, deny Jesus, I would not do it. We have to be in that place where we would not deny Jesus. And you know how we can know it can happen? Peter did it. Peter denied Jesus. He didn't have a gun stuck to his head. He had something crazier. He had a cross before him. He knew what they were going to do to Jesus. And he even denied Jesus to a 12-year-old girl. But why was there such a boldness later on in Peter's life? Because Peter stayed the course. Peter could have gone off the course, and he actually did. He got off the course. He denied Jesus. He, he, and the night that Jesus was turned in, he denied Jesus. He went to a bad place. He was off course. Jesus restored him, and he got back on course. And the Bible tells us that later on in his life, most of you know this, Jesus, Peter was martyred for his faith. He was actually crucified on a cross, just like Jesus. But he had such a love for the Lord that when they were going to crucify him, he said, please crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the death that my Savior died. How many want to have that kind of faith? I'm going to want to stay on course that way this morning. Amen? Now, I can't, you, you know, we can say it, we can want it, but we need to be able to do it. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for us to do it this morning. Amen? So, so think about some of the things that Paul went through after he became converted. He was beaten and tortured several times. Not just once. Several times. He spent many of his years in prison. And he didn't spend it in prison like a lot of people in, in our church maybe have been to prison or jail because of bad decisions. He spent it in prison because of preaching the gospel. He was shipwrecked while in chains. 
While they were transferring from one place to another, he was shipwrecked. That's in around Acts 28. You can read all that in the book of, of Acts. And he was disowned by his own people. His family and everybody else disowned him. So Paul knows what it means to, be, uh, have, to have suffering persecution. But through all of that, Paul's able to say in that chapter we read, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Amen? I have, I have a, um, um, what's the last part? What's the last part? Your mind just went blank. Kept the faith. I have kept the faith. Now go to Acts chapter 20. I want to go to one more set of scriptures here for a second. And I want to show you something here. And I'm going to tell you how to, how to stay on course because I know we all want to. This has been a year of lots of ups and downs and lots of uncertainty. And the devil's plan has been to get us off course. I hope that you can look back at the end of this year or even now in the middle. If you could see a graph of your walk with the Lord. And you would see the circumstances of your life were up and down and up and down and up and down like a roller coaster. But I hope that you would be able to see on that graph that your faith and your resolve has stayed the same. I mean, no, that's what God is looking for. That regardless of what the course tries to take me off of, how things try to pull me off course, I'm staying the course. I'm keeping my mind on Jesus. I'm keeping my focus on the Lord. I'm going forward. I'm not going backwards. Amen. I'm not going to the left. I'm not going to the right. I'm going to go forward. I'm going I'm to claim the prize. I'm going to finish the race. Amen. He stayed the course. Now, now look how he starts this off. Chapter 20, verse 19. It says, serving the Lord with all humility. See how there's an I-N-G there? How many know we are supposed to be serving the Lord? Not have served. Not did serve. I used to serve. I used to sing. I used to witness. I used to go to church. Has anybody ever met a miserable person who used to serve God? You want to meet a miserable person, meet somebody who used to serve God. And he doesn't want us to talk in the past. He doesn't want us to, it doesn't do any good if we did those things. We need to be doing those things. We need to be praying. We need to be serving. We need to be going. We need to be fellowshipping. We need to be ing. Can you say amen? We need to be in it and staying in it, not looking back to what I did, but what I'm doing. What am I doing today for the Lord? I'm staying the course, I'm not getting off. It says, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Now I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house, testifying to the Jews and to the Greeks, watch this, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. You know, that I think about that sometimes. Serving God is very scary, but it's so exciting at the same time. Has anybody been saved long enough to know that you're, you're facing a situation of need or, or a job or a, a healing or, or, just, just fo or just an understanding of where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do, and it's scary, but at the same time it's exciting. 
See, what's God going to do this time? How's God going to bring me out of this this time? Amen? How's God going to do this miracle? How's God going to heal this situation in my finances or in my body or in my nation or in my marriage or in my family? How's God going to do it this time? Amen? How many have been serving God long enough that you've seen him come through time and time again? So it's not if he's going to do it, it's how he's going to do it. Amen. It's not if, it's not when, it's how. God, how are you going to do it this time? And he says, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Look at the person next to you and say, we're not done suffering yet. I'm not speaking suffering over you. I'm just telling you we're not done yet. Till we get this glorified body, till we're in heaven with the Lord, till we get raptured, amen, we're going to have some suffering. We're going to have some tribulations. We're going to have some trials. But watch this. This is where God wants us all to be. He says, but none of these things move me. None of these things. God wants us to be in a place in our walks. Nothing moves us. You look at that and, man, you went way up on the, way up on the mountaintop and blessing and joy and, 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 all, and all way down in the valley. And you up and down and up and down, up and down, lost your job, got your job, lost a promotion, got a promotion, in church, out of church, can't wear a mask, have to wear a mask, don't want to wear a mask, need to wear a mask, all these different things, up and down, up and down, all year long, can't go to church, can't go to church, essential, non-essential, up and down, up and down, but you look at your walk, and it stayed the same, because none of those things moved me. Because my faith is not on the circumstances of this world. It's on God and Jesus. He says, nor do I count my life dear to myself. This is where God wants us to be. Where we don't count our life dear to us. We've talked about that before. Like, Can I have things? We say, as long as things don't have you. It's the same with this. Do you count your, your life dear to yourself? What matters to you? When you say the things of God matter, I believe so many of you in this place here, the things of God matter to you so much. You don't count yourself important. What, what, all you want is what God wants. That's the kind of heart God's looking for. Now watch this. He says, I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with what? With, with pain, with suffering, with joy. Here, here's the revelation. If you'll stay in the race long enough. Now, I haven't been saved as, a lot of, as long as a lot of people. But I've been saved longer than a lot of people. And I can tell you, the longer you stay in the race and you stay, stay the course, the more joy you get in serving God. The more you can look back and say, you know what, I've been through some things. I've seen some things. I've suffered some things. I've, I've lost some things. I've, I've, I've seen God take. I've seen God give. You get to where now I can even be suffering and have joy. I can have loss and still understand there's joy. And God can use the virus. God can use a situation, and he can turn it from tragedy into triumph if you'll just stay the course. Amen. If you'll just be on course and be where you're supposed to be, God will do miracles. Haven't we seen miracles this year? Church, I've told you time and time again that during this whole time that we've been in this pandemic, our, we have had more finances come into our church than in all the history of our church. Explain that to me. 
We've had more people buy houses. We've had more people get out of debt. We've had more people get delivered. We've had more people see miracles in their finances than we ever have before during a pandemic. That's God showing himself out because we're staying the course. And sometime we're going to look back on this and see how God even used this for his glory. For his glory. How many remember... I think it was several years ago, I, I just mentioned this part of a story with Corey Ten Boom. Ever, ever heard of Corey Ten Boom? She, she went through the, uh, the Nazis' um, camps and everything and survived and had horrible, horrible times she went through. But she, there was one time I remember, I'll never forget it, and I think about this a lot in situations. And she said this statement. She said, thank God for the fleas. She thanked God for the fleas. How many know that that don't make any sense? Why would you thank God for fleas? But what happened was the fleas that were in their beds, that were in their place they were lay, living, saved them from something else. We can look sometimes at like this right now with, with what we're going through, and God can allow the situation that we're in to save us from something else. I was talking to my dad this week, and I think I mentioned it quickly on Wednesday, but I didn't give any detail. That, you know, obviously when we had this, you know, sickness happen in our church, I was, we were all very concerned about the older people. We were concerned about my parents and my mom. And I, my dad called me this week and told me something really cool that's very similar to the thanking God for the fleas. And there's some doctors out there right now that are Christians that are finding things that are working to fight this virus. And obviously that's not going to make the big news because that will not promote fear. But there are some people out there, things were shared with me, and uh, doctors, doctors who have, have 100% um, healing on, and have not lost anybody to death through steroids and inhalers and different things that can cure the virus. And so we need to keep praying that that gets to the right people so that this can end quick. Amen? But my dad said that he found another doctor, and I thought he was talking about the same one, but he wasn't because they don't look the same. And the description wasn't the same. This doctor was describing something, and he mentioned a medicine, that if you take this medicine, this medicine, you cannot get the coronavirus. And he told me that, he, he goes, would you believe that one of the medicines that your mom takes for the, her blood pressure or for heart, I can't remember which one, is that medicine that you cannot get the coronavirus if you're taking it. Amen? So my mom is taking a medicine. That's saving her from that. Now, that what you look at like, what if, she, what if she hit her head? I don't know when or why she takes this particular medicine, if it was the stroke or if it was when she hit her head, but it doesn't matter. Because God can use situations that don't make sense, and he'll get the glory of it if we stay on course, if we stay in the race. And we don't question God. We just say, God, I, you know better than I do. I trust you. Though you slay me, I trust you. He says, so I finished my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. How many know conviction is real? Four things I want you to write down just to end. This will just take a minute. Four things. If you want to stay the course, number one, stay in the word. Stay in the word. You need to ask yourself as I say that, do you have a daily time of reading the Word? Do you have a daily devotion? Do you get in the Word on a daily basis? If you don't, you're in trouble. 
Because you know why? You're going to starve your spirit. You have to feed your, your, your faith through the word of God. Number two, stay in prayer. We must be people of prayer. If you don't pray, the opposite of that is you're going to be out of touch. You're not going to be able to hear God's voice when he warns you or he tells you to do something or go there or don't go there or this is what I'm doing in your life. We have to stay in touch through prayer. Number three, stay in fellowship. That's what we're trying to do here. This is what's been fought a lot this year is being able to be together in groups. We want to be in small groups. We want to be eating lunch together. We want to be fellowship. We want to be over there in the fellowship hall hanging out between services. And so we can't do all that, but we're going to do it to the extent that we can. How many know this this morning is better than being at home all by ourselves, sitting on the couch, amen, watching TV, more TV? How many are tired of TV? I know I'm tired of being in front of it. I'm tired of filming myself. Amen. I'm glad I didn't have to do anything this morning but preach. I didn't have to edit, record, cut, go back, cuss. No, I didn't cuss, but I wanted to a whole bunch of times when the Internet wouldn't work. I saved the whole stinking video, and it would disappear from my phone. I mean, everything you can possibly think of that could happen, happened. I promise. You can ask my wife. It was a, it was a, I'm tired of it. Amen. How many are tired of some things? But I'm still thankful for it. Number four, so the opposite of, of fellowship is isolation. That's what the devil wants. He wants us to isolate. The fourth one is stay thankful. Be thankful for the fleas. Be thankful for the accident. Look, 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 at, Joanne, look at Joanne. She, she, don't, she didn't enjoy the accident. She's enjoying the testimony. You never know what God is doing with something like that. We don't, we don't, it doesn't make sense sometimes at that moment. But there are afflictions in our life that God allows to happen to test us to see if we'll stay the course. God wants to be able to do with you what he said with Job. He said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He was so proud of Job. He had so much faith in Job. He knew who Job was. Job was a man of prayer, a man of the word, a man of fellowship, all these things. He was thankful and he knew that Job would not curse God. Amen. He knew that Job would pass the test. So he said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I'm going to brag on him. I know, he'll, I know he'll pass the test. I know he'll stay the course. What if that accident or what if losing your job or what if some pain you've been through or some worry, whatever you want to put in that blank, what if that thing you went through this year was so that God could brag on you? of how you stayed the course through it. Amen? It's not You can't control what happens, but you can control how you react. You can't control the circumstances, but you can control how you handle them. And I want to be able to be thankful for everything. Job said, how can I thank God for the good and not thank him for the bad? Right? Aren't we like that a lot of times? We just want all the good, but don't give me anything bad. And God says, in my, in your, sorry, in your weakness, I become strong. When we're weak, he's strong. So through all these things we've gone through, the devil thinks he's winning a battle, and all he's doing is stirring up the kingdom of God because we're going to see a revival. How many believe we're going to see a revival? We're going to see more people saved, more lives changed, 
more miracles, more things happen than we ever have before in spite of all this because the devil's defeated. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for these awesome people in this church this morning. Thank you for those that are watching at home online, those, those that couldn't be here this morning, those that are sick, those that are elderly, those that are maybe just even afraid to come back. Father, whatever it be, we pray for all of our church this morning. Not just here in Denton, God, but around the world. We pray for our fellowship. We pray for all the churches who are preaching the gospel. God, we pray and ask that we are and would be a church this morning that is not a church that has itching ears, but that we are a church that endures sound doctrine, that receives the correction as much as we receive the blessing. Lord, that understands that all things work together for good for those who are called according to your purpose. And Lord, you said in the book of Psalms, many are the afflictions of the righteous. You never said we wouldn't have problems. You never said we wouldn't have trials. You never said, God, that everything would be perfect when we served you. But you said in that same verse, but the Lord delivers us from them all. Thank you this morning for the fleas. Thank you for allowing this pandemic to grow us and build us change us and transform us and thank you for helping us this morning to stay the course regardless of obstacles regardless of opposition we stay the course this morning father we keep our eyes on the prize we listening to god we're serving god we're praying to god we're worshiping god everything is the ing father because this is something we are doing not something we did. And it's something we'll be doing tomorrow. And it's something we'll be doing next week because we're going to stay the course. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many in this place this morning, all over from front to back, from side to side, watching online right now, you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord. You might know who He is or of Him or heard His name, but you don't know Him your name has not been written in the Lamb's book of life. How many listening to the sound of my voice could be honest with God this morning? Could be honest with the Holy Spirit and say, I don't know Jesus. If I died today, if I finished my race today, I don't know if I would stand before God. As we go back to the beginning of those verses we read, it says, who, Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. The living and the dead stand before God this morning would you stand before Jesus as Lord and Savior or would you stand before him as your judge I want him to be my Lord and my Savior I want to proclaim and confess Jesus while I'm alive so that I can have eternal life if you're here in this place and you've never done that just lift up your hand and put it right back down all over this place say that's me I'm not saved. Pray for me, Pastor. I've never been born again. I've never had my name written in the book of life. I'm not saved. I need Jesus this morning. Maybe you're backslidden and you're running and you're, and, you're, and you're off course this morning and you're not living the way you used to live. You're not doing the things you know you need to do. Today God is saying, would you come home, child? Come back on course. Get back, get back in the game. Get back in the race.
right now as we're going to pray, I want to speak to those that are here and those that are online. We're going to say a sinner's prayer. Because we don't know who's watching. We don't know there might be somebody watching this later down the road, later today, maybe even live. And you don't know Jesus. I want you to know him this morning. He loves you. The Bible says he died for you while you were still a sinner. And the wages of your sin and my sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And right now we're going to say this prayer. And I want everybody in this church to say it with me. And I want you online to repeat this with me if you don't know Jesus. And we're going to give Jesus Christ our, Lord, our Lordship this morning in our lives. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. Jesus, I believe that you came down from heaven and lived in a physical body, being fully God and fully man. That you lived a perfect life that I could never live. And you died on the cross sacrificially for me. And you shed your blood so that I could be redeemed from my sin. And then you rose from the dead and came out of that grave and defeated death so that I could defeat death. Jesus, come into my life. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord. Father, would you please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for changing my life today. And I declare that I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. And I'm going to stay the course. In Jesus' name, amen. As we stand to our feet this morning, let's give the Lord a praise. Let's thank God for these decisions that were made today, even online. Those that might be praying right now, let them know that you're excited that they made the decision to accept Jesus Christ this morning as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus.